Hello everybody and welcome to the very first episode of the What's The Rise podcast. My name's Evan and today myself and Cal are going to be talking about addiction. But before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to explain a little bit about why we wanted to create a podcast and what we hope to achieve with it. So a little bit of background about us is that we're both 24 years old. We're from Cardiff, South Wales. Uh, I'm a video editor and filmmaker among other things and Cal is a writer and author who has created What's The Rise kind of at the beginning of his recovery phase of drug and alcohol addiction. Uh, As a filmmaker, my instincts are always to tell stories and change people's perspectives on things. So we thought that a podcast would be a very good way to do this, especially on like a large scale and discuss some of the things every week that interest us. Obviously, addiction is going to be a quite difficult thing for people to navigate during lockdown, COVID-19, da-da-da. So we thought, why not start here with today's topic of discussion, which is going to be addiction. So thank you very much to everybody who supported the podcast so far. Hopefully you enjoy the episode and you're not too embarrassed that you shared us on your Instagram and shit like that. We really do appreciate it and hopefully we can do you all proud. Um, So yeah, let us know what you think and speak to you all soon. Cheers. Bottoms up, bro. Talking about cracking cans. Yeah. Sounds like I cracked so many cans. (laughs) <laughs> to stop cracking cans. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got a limit, haven't they? Yeah, I, I surpassed mine, I think. I refuse yeah. to take the warning signs of stopping. Do you think there's a lot of people out there who have cracked too many cans and their time's up? There's a lot of people out there, especially, like, in the terms of alcoholism. Like, the one thing I've noticed, like, being in recovery, going to, like, recovery groups... Uh, reading stuff online, watching videos, you know, being parts of online communities. People fucking die from this. Like, every fucking day people die from alcoholism. Like, so many. And there are so many people in the the rooms I go to, in the, in the meetings, in these online communities. This is going to kill them. Because mm. they just can't fucking stop. Yeah. Where do you think that all comes from? Like, how do people end up in that situation? Is it just, you know, they they really like drinking? You know, they they like drinking more than the average person, and it snowballs, it keeps going, or is there a deeper reason behind it? It's it's debated a lot in like I think recovery communities, yeah. like whether you're born an alcoholic or broaden the topic, say born an addict. Because, like, let's not just pinpoint it to alcohol. I wasn't just an alcoholic. You know, I was an addict to, like, loads of things in my life. But, like, the the question is always, are you born an addict or do you become an addict? Does something make you an addict? Yeah. And I think, in reality, I kind of look at it as, like, everyone's born with the potential to do everything, to be anything. Do you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. you're sort of a blank canvas when you're a newborn baby. Because I've read, like, a lot of stuff online who talk to people about, like, uh, alcoholics being born with, like, a certain part of their brain bit missing, you mm. know, their, a certain piece of their brain not there or functioning as strongly as other people. And there's been countless tests on it, you know, because, like, countless tests are done because... And probably, like, fairly well-funded stuff because finding a cure for alcoholism would be fucking madness yeah. like, to up the fucking revenue of alcohol sales. Yeah. You know, if I could, like, take a tablet that meant I could have six pints or five pints or one pint and stop. Yeah, you would be on that. I don't know if I would these days, well, personally. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, like, a lot of people, you know, that would be a good thing for society, I suppose, like a, a regulating tablet. Yeah. 
But it doesn't, it doesn't fucking exist. It's never, nothing like that's ever been found. There is so much money in booze. Like, look how the pubs have reacted to being closed during lockdown. Mm. They've been like some of like the, the pub owners, the fellows, where the spoons have been some of like the most vocal anti-flipping quarantine lockdown yeah. people going because exactly yeah and i mean like ah oh, i'm not like a prohibitionist i mm. think that's fucking stupid we saw that in america and that's like this is my point like for a period when i stopped drinking i probably did have a bit of like a prohibitionist mentality towards booze but then like the big realization for me was holy fuck this is my problem Mm. I have a problem yeah, with booze. Yeah, not, ev- not everybody yeah. has a problem with booze. All my mates, or most of them, you know, pretty much all of them are normal. I can go mm. to the pub and have one or two pints and yeah. stop. Can have eight pints and stop. I've got friends who can use drugs and stop. Yeah. I can't. Mm. But so a lot, I, I think a lot of people struggle, though. A lot of people, like more than people would admit. Oh, yeah, definitely. I know more addicts. Yeah. Or like people who realise they're addicts, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But I would never call yeah. someone else an addict. Yeah, it's I a would... it's a kind of blurry line between being an addict and then being a strictly recreational drug user, though, because all all substance abuse really is just they're all painkillers, either legally or not. Yeah, yeah. Well, more than that, they, there's like so if we like broaden the addiction thing even further, we like span the span the like scope out from drugs and alcohol into like things like pornography sex these like gambling yeah these are huge yeah. ones video games social video media games, social media we see like coffee yeah sugar i used to justify my cocaine Fast use yeah. with like does the same thing coffee does to you <laughs> what like well if he can have a fucking latte then give me my bag yeah, yeah. i was like oh, that's i would be like in uni fucking going to do a line in the fucking toilets and i would fucking say to myself you know, I'd walk past the coffee shop or you'd hear people in the morning be like, oh, I need a coffee to function in the mornings. I'd be like, what's the fucking difference? Cocaine's the one drug which I like, one like recreational drug that people our age use, you know, like cocaine, MDMA, yeah. pills, weed and booze, like the, the cat and the party yeah. drugs. Cocaine is the one I single out as being like fucking evil. Mm. But what? I would say it's as bad as heroin. The rest, like booze made me, didn't make me evil, it made me fucking pathetic. Yeah. Like booze is depressing. It made me depressed and a very pathetic person. Mm. Cocaine made me like fucking evil, like evil and manipulative. Mm. And it did. It does. I see cocaine fucks people's personalities up. I see an all everyone I know who uses coke. They're one line. Yeah, they're a cunt. Yeah, definitely. You know, cocaine is just one of those drugs that gives you the feeling like you are the center of the universe. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that's that's the only way that I could explain it. It is a drug that every time you, that you use it, it becomes less effective than the last time. Yeah, and yeah. that's what people say about you know using heroin and stuff. You know, like you know, you're chasing Acid that first as well, hit. Isn't it? Like, you yeah, take acids, you can't take it two days in a row. Exactly, and, stuff and you have to double. Those. I think that's the difference between drugs like that because those drugs are chemically addictive. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the reasons that people are addicted to certain, but like say alcohol, alcohol is not an addictive substance. It, you it, can get physically addictive though not just mentally it's more like because you see people come off alcohol and they have the shakes yeah like, I, I see a lot of people in the rooms I've I've had friends who have had strokes from like not for drinking a lot and then not drinking alcohol was like an addictive substance 
full stop, then everybody who drank alcohol would be addicted to it. Oh yeah, it takes it. It's not the. It's not an easy substance to get addicted to. Whereas, like they say, if you take heroin once. Yeah. Well, that's like an actual. Take it again. That's like an actual addictive substance. Yeah, yeah. If alcohol, you, like, it takes a. It takes you've got to drink a lot of a lot of booze to get your body dependent on booze as well. Yeah. Because that's what it is. It's like becoming such a thing that your body is used to handling. Yeah, that's true. That amount of alcohol going through it. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's not. It's kind of like your body's dependent on it. The same way you know, like food isn't an addictive substance. If but if you stop eating food, you're gonna have side effects of it. Often, yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. If you stop eating sugar. Yeah. You're going to feel fucking shit. Like, yeah. I guarantee it. And, like, let's break it down. I'm just going to talk about like, pornography. Yeah. Um, like, pornography is broken down to, like, the three A's. I think it's affordability, accessibility, accessibility, and anonymity. Okay, so is that, like, the the things that people look for in porn? No. The, the, yeah, that's why people watch porn, because it's affordable. Yeah. Free these days, in most cases. Yeah. Uh, you know, whereas drugs and stuff tend to cost a bit of pee but porn is basically it's free or fairly cheap yeah um accessibility yeah. it's in your pocket like all day exactly. long you can get access to like <laughs> the most fucking degenerate grot of yeah. like any need you want to satisfy sexually or any perverse act is, is on your phone in your pocket dangerously close to you which a drug dealer isn't you know, and stuff like mm. that. The only thing I would compare to that is that meets the same sort of accessibility as pornography is maybe like alcohol. Yeah. That's close. Social media as well. Social media is in the, yeah. in the exact same category of like, we could talk about them in, in tandem basically. Yeah, you know, exactly. Because, so, yeah. and then anonymity. No mm. one knows you're doing it. It's just between you and, well, I believe in God, so it's between you and God. He yeah. knows you're doing it. But, um, <laughs> You and your phone. It's, yeah, it's just you and your phone. No one ever has to know like the sort of degenerate shit you watch, how much you watch it. And then, so it starts off as something innocent watching a bit of porn that's done it. It's like completely normal. And mm-hmm. this sort of, what I'm about to explain now, I think explains like the steps of any addiction. So you can put it into the context of booze or drugs or sex or anything. So pornography, you, you know, you watch a bit of porn and it's an innocent thing, first of all. You don't watch anything too mad. You just watch a bit of porn and it makes you feel good. It makes you feel... Because you ejaculate, and jacking off yeah. and coming feels good. Like, <laughs> exactly, dopamine hit. Dopamine, yeah. all the other shit, serotonin, your brain releases, yeah. and you're like, wow, that was good. I feel better after doing that. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've had a, a release, and I'm full of energy, and I feel, I feel happy. So then say you have a argument with someone you're, you're sad or you're angry or you're scared or you're anxious or even you're happy and excited about something what makes me happy watch a bit of porn like that makes me feel good like so i'm just gonna go and watch a bit of porn and it eventually like it's not even about watching the porn like the actual shit you're seeing which is like a separate issue we should talk about altogether. Mm. Because, like, some of the shit you can watch is fucked. Yeah. Desensitivity is a massive, massive result of that. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that's fucking people. We should definitely do an episode on that. But, like, in context of the addictive side of it, you're, like, not really even paying attention to the porn. It's about that, like, your body preparing itself to watch porn. Mm. Your body starts knowing... Alright, so I, I would get angry or sad or any of my emotions would trigger me. In, or, so let's say sad is the main one. When I used to get sad, my body would instantly know I'm going to have a drink or I'm going to do some drugs. 
So I would like, my body would naturally release like the excited dopamine and serotonin that comes with like fucking that. So for me, it was all about waiting for the bag of coke to come was better than the bag of coke. When it mm. came, like when I snorted it, yeah, it's chills. I'm high. Yeah. But like I enjoy, I, I used to like shake bro. I'd have like physical manifestations of like, without even having the substance in me. Like my body language would change. I'm sweaty. I would shake. I'd be talking like I was already sniffed mm. up. I mean, the only thing that I could compare that to is like, you know, when you're trying to go to sleep and it's Christmas Eve and you just can't sleep. You're so excited, bro. That's and- exactly <laughs> what it's like. <laughs> you know, yeah. a present is coming. But like for me, it was about waiting to. Yeah. To just fucking. I, I can't even describe. Yeah. It. Well, I guess it's like the ritual of it. You know, you, nothing is going to be as good as your imagination. And I guess that's like something that you're playing through in your head. Like, you know, I'm going to get this Coke. I'm going to have the best night ever or something oh, like the that. Only, do you know the best night you'll ever have on like Coke or pills? The first, the first time you take everything yeah. after that is shit. Like, yeah. It's like, I, I, I remember the first time I took pills. And even to this day, with everything the shit that's happened to me as a result of drugs and alcohol, I still look back on that night and was, uh, now I can safely say that was a fucking amazing night. I was with my best mates. We all took pills for the first time together. Yeah. You can imagine. It's, of course, We were in yeah. the moon club. We were topless. It was fucking brilliant. It was fucking brilliant. But like, every time I did it after that, it was never that fucking good. Yeah, like, you were just chasing it. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think everyone's experienced that. Let's move on to like video games and stuff as well, because this is something that from I can kind of talk about my personal yeah, yeah. experience. Yeah, I want to hear digital. about it, because I'm like straight up. I, I've never had like, maybe when I was like, but I would never look back on it as an addiction. But yeah. you've obviously had that experience. I mean, so video games has been a very strange one for me because it was something that during school that was like my safe haven. You know, like I, I didn't really, this was like when I was like 13, 14 years old, I would only ever be at peace with myself and, and comfortable when I was playing games. What did you play? At that time it was Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. That was the game. Bro, what that, what a dumb game to get like addicted over. It's quite repetitive. To, like, it it's is. not even like getting addicted to like Red Dead Redemption or Skyrim. No, like a good, you, yeah. You kind of immerse yourself. It's like, yeah, it's just like <laughs> yeah, never ending. Yeah. fucking. I guess if cocaine was a game, it would be it that would be game. Duty. <laughs> exactly. That's probably why it's so addictive. It's just like all of these games seem like they're designed to just hypnotize you into them yeah yeah. you know like games like that they just have like a certain allure about them and a certain energy that you just can't like get anywhere else you know like i would like be going to sleep and like be dreaming in this game and shit like that or you know i'd be in school and just thinking i can't wait to go home and play and stuff like that and that was all like escaping like my you know real life yeah yeah um and definitely even like later on in life now i would say that video games have always given me like a sense of success you know like if i'm kind of unhappy with what i'm doing in general you know like oh okay you know i haven't really done much this week or something i haven't achieved much i would play video games and then that would be like okay you know you get that sense of mm. gratification and achievement instant from that. gratification exactly well, with like very realistically no work to it exactly but like you know i guess you know it's, it's quite easy to say okay i've won a game of fifa that was really difficult, you know, beat somebody else. Oh, that's great. That's kind of comparable to, I don't know, I made a sale or something, like, you know, or um, you got a bonus at work or something. Yeah, like that. It's yeah. like, that's a, like a reward, you know? You get that feeling of success from video games. 
that can fill a void of like your success and your motivation in the real world. Mm. So for people like, you know, if you're unemployed and stuff like that, playing video games can really feel like a job because you mm. get that success and you get everything that you need really. I just want to like, there was one thing you said then that like I've connected to. Yeah. Like this is what I mean. You talk to other people who think they've got an addiction. And they're yeah. saying, like, AA, the f- first thing you're told, really, is, like, look for your similarities, not your differences. Because uh-huh. the differences are all, like, little fucking nitpicky shit of, like, oh, well, I never went there. And it's like, oh, well, you know, an addict, then, ain't you? Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, emotionally, you went there, bro. Yeah. So, like, you say you were thinking about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what it was like for me. Like, drink and drugs, by the end of it, I thought about every single day. I could not stop thinking. It was like an obsessive compulsive thought. Mm. Like, wherever I was, I'd be thinking about booze and drugs. Yeah. If I was drinking, I would be thinking about the next time I'm going to drink and take drugs. Yeah. Like, I would be drinking a pint, thinking of my next ten pints. And I think that's, like, a big thing you see in a lot of addicts. The world starts revolving around that, like, whatever mm. it is, whether it's drink, pornography, video games. Yeah. It becomes, like your source of like pleasure it's the only thing that grounds you in the world yeah definitely obviously there's like physical differences and shit and society's difference but like there's no difference in some the guy that fucking sniffs coke to the fucking person who fucking gets serotonin from a like you mm. know and gets like ah oh, validated yeah. All that shit. And I'm not just excluding that to women. Like, guys are just as fucking bad at that shit. Yeah. But, like, that sort of, like, living for likes is just as vapid as living for a drug, if you ask me. Yeah. If you are, like, that's what I think about it. Exactly. I, I feel like addiction, all addiction comes from some kind of trauma or something that you're escaping from. Yeah, um, like we were saying at the start, so the chicken or the egg question, were you born an addict mm-hmm. or did you become an addict? What would be your view if I asked you that question about video games? I would probably say that I was born an addict or it was... Because it, I can't look back on my life and see any trauma that I've had. But I've been quite addicted to various other things as well, like social media. Like, you know, I think I'm uh, like I'm guilty of doing that. Like, yeah, yeah. a lot of other people are. I think it, most people are these days. The social yeah. media one, definitely. Yeah. Um, what else? Football. I used to be just crazy about that. You know, like... These Football things. anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, like I just obsessing over things. Yeah, just like I guess that would just be what people would call like an addictive personality. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that I would say that I'm somebody who does does have that, um, which is something that I've just got to live with, really. Yeah. See, what, I reckon yeah. I had that like that addictive personality, which I think you can be born with as like a character trait or whatever. Yeah. So at the age of seven, I was diagnosed with autism a type of like well I was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome which is a type of autism um I don't want to get too much into like explaining that now but like one of the uh parts of that is like having a special interest so you can become obsessed with certain things uh I think that had an impact probably on me becoming an addict yeah because and then you said you didn't have any trauma no I don't I, think so I, I like have something now that I've distinctly traced back to like being a huge like emotional shift yeah in my life at the age of like eight I was like abused in primary school by teachers and that like 
I didn't even realise it for most of my life how much it fucked me up. Yeah, that's that happens a lot. Like, was it something that you'd suppressed or something that you hadn't actually even thought twice about? Like, oh, that happened. You know, that was obviously I didn't. That wasn't it was like something a good time. I hadn't called abuse. Yeah, I was like, for so fucking much of my life, just like, what was that? Why did that happen? Like, I was so. I'm a firm believer in like body, mind, and spirit. Like, we're humans yeah. of a trinity in that sense of like we've got three parts of us and we need to balance those parts yeah and it was like that experience in primary school took away something from me that left a hole do you know what i mean i was really disconnected and disjointed from the rest of the world after that um i think i tried to fill this hole with a lot of things Mm. Like, what, when you were young this, yeah yeah when I was young growing up so it was till like fucking last year that I really started saying I was fucking abused yeah and that scrambled my head even more at first because it fucking will like you know I mm. still had a lot of anger what it was I like the abuse it wasn't like sexual or anything I was like very physically restrained into a sofa and like mm. with my arms behind my back and like suffocated mm. and like what, what? how was that explained to you like bro they were just like you're naughty I was like, bro, I'm like, looking back now, I'm like, bro, I was a seven-year-old kid with autism being bounced around primary schools. Like, basically, not like a stupid kid either. Like, yeah. I knew what was fucking going on, even then. I was seeing my mum being treated like a, like a mook, do you know what I mean? Like a fucking mook by all these... Uh, like all these fucking educational authorities and shit. You've been watching too much Sopranos. Yeah, I definitely have. <laughs> My mum being treated like a schmuck. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I was, I was like fucking aware of what was going on. And I don't, yeah. but I don't think I understood what was going on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I was fucking restrained. And like, I did have behaviour issues. Without a doubt, I would have meltdowns, we call them, like in the autistic world, you know, when a lot of things don't make sense to you. Like, I see the world differently to other people. I don't understand certain things. I don't understand why I have to do certain things. Mm. But that was like, they never fucking tried to explain. This teacher who fucking did it was actually sacked for, wow. like, neglect. She used to, oh, she was a waste What? Man. What, not for this incident? Not but, for this stuff, yeah. bro. She was uh, sacked for... Um, Using her work time, this she got sacked like six months after I left the school. My mum took me out. Mm. She was sacked for like fucking set for posting her eBay purchases when she was meant to be. She was like running her eBay shop in the classroom. <laughs> they didn't fucking teach us anything. Well, we never did any work. Yeah. But like we weren't meant. So I was always like, "What the fuck are we meant to be doing then?" It's crazy the the who they would trust the lives of children and like the. Bro, it's fucking scary that that happened. It is, because like that is the most formative years of anybody's life. Yeah. Every single person's life is a, like is affected in, like, well, primarily zero to three years, but then, you know, three to seven years, they're the most um, defining years of any child's life, and they just fucking, you know, put yeah, them in a classroom like... with any, anyone for, like, six hours a day, <laughs> yeah. five and days like a week. fucking... Just people who clearly shouldn't have been teaching. Let's call them that. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, they had this room they used to call a fucking quiet room. Mm. Like, and it was just like an empty room. The walls were painted like, like, oh no, it was like the royal blue. 
So that was not even like Carmine Blue, like Royal Blue. Like. Was this like a, a special school? No, no, this was a fair war for army school in Cardiff. No. Um, but yeah, this happened. Like, if anyone was like, no, it didn't, I'd be like, get your fucking yeah, dicks. No. I, I just asked because I'd never, I, we never had a quiet room. We had like a. Nap, it was, I was in nap like, corner. at this point, I was in like a behaviour support base in that school. Okay. So, like, a behaviour support base is for kids who with like challenging behaviour issues, so like ADHD. Um, I don't want to use the term naughty kids because they're not, I don't believe that. I kids with behavioural problems. Yeah, yeah, kids who like, yeah, struggle and shit. And uh, they had this base with them. And I'll be honest, like, they were, there were some rough, I want a rough kid, you know what I mean? I want hard. But there were some fucking rough kids there. That fucking, I was bullied like fuck. And I bullied people like fuck. It was like being in a, like a prison environment. Yeah. Like, I very quickly learned that I was being dished on. So I had to start dishing out to like get out of my room being dished on. Yeah. I was like, all right. I, I remember like smacking a kid's head into a table one day because the, the kids had done nothing. But I was like, I'm fed up with being picked on. Yeah. I'm going to be the bully now. I know. I was a massive fucking bully in school as I well. I think most kids are. Yeah, but I, I like, I remember I came home from school one day and I said to my mum, oh, I didn't have to go and see the head teacher today. And she was like, oh, well done. I was like, 10 at a time? I actually thought that was an achievement, because literally, I think... What were you doing? Were you, you, you're just, tall, though. Were you, just well, well, I around. didn't. I was, I was a late, uh, a late, late grower. Yeah. Um, a grower, not a shower. That was me. Best way to be. I just used to get... I just had so much anger. I don't know what from. Um, but I, I just remember, like... You know, Evan's t- gonna you know, dig up now. Why are you so? Why are you so angry? <laughs> There's something in him. He's gonna get up. <laughs> Trauma and addiction have a very close relationship, and I'm somebody that believes, you know, addiction almost always comes from some kind of trauma or trying to fill a void that was left unfilled for some reason. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, I would completely agree with that. Mm. Like that. There's something missing in that person something's been taken away like i described then someone was taken away and i spent the rest of my life up until now trying to fill that hole yeah with anything and like what when i first started drinking yeah it fucking worked mm-hmm. i was probably fucking a better person drunk than i was sober when yeah. i first started drinking and probably a short few months it all changed but i remember when i used to drink people oh he's charming he's nice you know i was kinder yeah fucking more relaxed i felt like a fucking amazing Mm, who doesn't all my social inhibitions all my anxiety about stuff fucking didn't matter anymore you know yeah and it was great but like obviously the more you drink the more you need to drink to get drunk the more you drink the club the you black out yeah things come up in you you know yeah did that happen a lot then like Blackouts. Yeah. Oh, fuck, man. Yeah. The first time I I remember blacking out, (laughs) this is a great story, it's it's fucking not in the sense that, like, it it was a very pleasant experience. No, but it's a good story. It's a good story. So the first blackout I had that I, like, remember would notably call a blackout, I was 19, and it was the night of Brexit like Brexit was announced you know like yeah. it, it, Britain has voted to leave the EU <laughs> I was fucking furious bro I was fucking outraged <laughs> like oh man like that's a key thing with like 
Alex is like fucking just reacting so fucking insanely to shit that I've got no control over. I was like, no, I don't fucking like the EU. Like, why did I care that much? <laughs> but yeah, and I, I that night I drank like two bottles of whiskey and woke up in the morning and I'd like fucking punch my dad. I'd like. had a massive argument with my ex-girlfriend I'm like verbally threatened Mm. her stepdad I'd like fucking and then just ran off basically Mm. into the night what what was your where was your head at at that time like if that was at the first time that you blacked out was it the first time that alcohol had made you react badly or you know do something looking the first time like my first experience of like getting shit faced was like 15 uh, at the Moon Club in town. Do you yeah. know they used to have the two club bars though? Upstairs, downstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in the da, the upstairs one. Yeah. And um, I went to see a gig in there on like the 23rd of December, I remember, because it was the day before my brother's birthday. And uh, me and my mates were, you know, drinking or whatever, you know, getting people to buy us pints. Had a few pints. And then there was these fucking perf- performance artists dressed yeah. as like fucking Dickensian people drinking gin out of a teapot <laughs> like I was like I'll give you a cup I'll give you a cup and like, I drank it I'm like ah, what the fuck is this like straight gin I can't I couldn't <laughs> who the fuck drinks straight gin lunatics bro yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah so I just drank loads of that got shit faced uh, ended up stealing booze from behind the bar like just reaching over the bar taking titties <laughs> got these long arms and then, like, I just smashed up the bathroom. Like, not even in a fit of rage. It was, like, funny, you know. It was, like, odd future banter, you know. Just yeah. obnoxious, fuck it. <laughs> like, kick the hand dryer off the wall and shit. And then being, like, cornered by the bouncer. And him being, like, what the fuck have you done, bro? And the woman who, yeah. like, was the manager taking my wallet off me and taking all my money out. All yeah. fucking £5.50 of it. Being, like... <laughs> You're banned, and me being like, I'm 15, I'm <laughs> running off into the night. So, <laughs> so like, the very, f- was you said that was the first time that you were, like, drinking? Properly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Unsupervised, you know, like, off the rails. So, you were, you were off to a bad start with it, really? I've never drunk normally. Yeah. I've, I've never drunk normally. That's like What the, is drinking normally, though, like... Well, like, you, okay. You, like, I've seen you in the pub have one pint and then feel like I'm off home. <laughs> we were talking about this before. Like, if there's a drink in my hand, I'm sipping it. I'm sipping it every few seconds and it will go and I'll keep drinking and I'll keep drinking. Yeah. Until I spew or something like that. Or I literally cannot drink anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, but that wasn't like 10 or 15 pints for me. That was like seven or eight. Yeah. You know, like, I, I do have a a wall but I just like you know when you're having fun and you're drinking I mean yeah. you, you keep it going you know one of the problems like when I when I was young I could drink a lot like I'm not bragging about it these days because it's not a fucking cool thing to be able to do yeah. but like when I was like 18, 19 I could like go to the pub and drink 10 pints of Guinness yeah 6 double Jamesons and that would be like get me shit faced. Like I'd be plastered. Yeah. But like I'd still walk home and wake up in the morning and go to uni at nine o'clock and then do the same thing in the evening again in the same pub. Do you think it would have been more difficult for you to be an alcoholic if you couldn't drink that much? 
I'm not sure alcohol would have had such an allure to it. Yeah. Of like, I thought, I'm good at this. I'm good yeah, at drinking. Something I'm good at, you know. Yeah, like, I can out drink anyone. And yeah. I enjoy doing it. I did sort of somewhat like the taste. I like the image of it. Yeah, especially when people are like, oh, you know, you're, how have you drunk that much or something? I'm so like, macho. I was yeah. like, I'm just so fucking yeah. masculine. <laughs> it's like toxic masculinity, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I, I thought can, a man I can drink was like, I used to be like, I want to be like a 70s man, you know. Yeah. Go down the pub, drink 10 pints, Mate. come home and eat a fucking fried bentos in front of only fools and horses. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I wanted to be. Yeah. In my best. Well, like, I used to... I used to work in a bar or a pub actually and there's a guy there um, and he was just called he went by the name Fat Fuck <laughs> was this the Albany? this was the Albany yeah. <laughs> Fat Nicky or Fat Fuck he, he, he just said oh nice to meet you call me Fat Fuck it? he just drank that oh bro fucking with the beard yeah he's a Santa yeah, yeah. He, and he just gives like unsolicited advice to everyone who fucking comes in yeah yeah fucking he used to love his fucking bitter without the head, didn't it? Yeah. Straight brown with the nozzle off. He used to drink, I'm not even joking, 30 pints on like a normal weeknight. I think working in a pub when I was 18 and seeing people like that really opened my eyes to it. See, I had the same job, but like my reaction to them people at that age, do you know what I thought? What? That's fucking cool as fuck. What, you thought he was cool? <laughs> yeah. Really? I was like, this guy is living the fucking dream. He's in the pub all day. Drinking as much fucking beer as he fucking wants. That looks like a fucking problemless existence. Yeah. I was like, that's like, and the music I liked as well. I liked the Pogues and shit. You know, I liked pub music. I liked yeah. Chaz and Dave. I still do. <laughs> so I was like, where would I rather be than in the pub? Yeah. <laughs> it's true, man. I think I had a very much like a fantasized romantic idea of things. Yeah, like, I don't know. Sort of, in many ways, I led myself to be an alcoholic. Yeah, well, I definitely think, like, you know, being more reminiscent about the good old days. Obviously, we're, we're young, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like the, we but I really still, I use that term a lot. Yeah. A lot more than I should have. What, like, about, like, the 70s, the 80s? or I used old. to, like, be very, like, wish I, wish I was my age, but in the 60s. Yeah. Life would be so much better for me. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have to shit in that house. probably, you know, like, I can see why going into a pub and seeing all these people like 20, 30 years older than you would have a, like a, quite a, a romanticism about it and another yeah. because it's reaching back in time really but it was a simpler yeah. time without a doubt to be a yeah. normal person yeah like it was a lot fucking simpler like yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> do I you know, know what I it's, mean? it's difficult like at you point. didn't fucking know much they were, like, yeah. you didn't have access to fucking endless information on your phone yeah so it was true. just simpler like I think that's what I fucking yeah. really was fantasizing about was the ignorance of the time yeah I learned a lot in pubs like what just like you learn a lot about people mm. a lot of like the stuff I mean you learn about a particular kind of people don't get me wrong yeah, but a weird cross-section of society. Yeah, yeah, and you learn things about normal life. Like, I would see people break up. I would see people get together. I would see people at mm. wakes. I would see yeah. people severely sad. And I, People go to pubs, like, with very raw emotions. Yeah. And, like, after a few drinks, people's, like, raw emotion comes out. Not in a good way. Whereas I go to AA now, and I do compare that somewhat to going to a pub, because we talk there in a very mm. raw manner. Yeah, you talk about this in your book, don't you? Three-pint cocaine. 
yeah, therapy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People will talk differently. They'll yeah. open up about shit, and you can hear shit. You can eavesdrop. There's one of the mm. stories. Uh, what's it fucking called? Comrades under Lord Alcohol. Mm. That's literally about a guy I met in the Andrew Buchan, and just yeah. spent an afternoon with him. It's other Alki, but he was legitimately one of the most interesting people I've ever come across. Yeah, alcoholics generally are quite interesting people. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why that is, but you'll never really meet like a. They're not an interesting once they're story. drunk. Though. Once they once pe- drunk people aren't interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe I don't know. I've, like I won't like, converse with pissed people. You won't or converse like, with them. Or st- like stone people. Are well, the thing is, alcoholics. A lot of the time, you don't really know if they're pissed. You know, like yeah, especially yeah, exactly. like the older ones. They'll they'll be in there all day drinking and talk to you like normal. Yeah, yeah. Some and they're, they're the people who this is going to kill. Like this mm. disease will kill them. We'll oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It is a disease. That's what we should talk about. Yeah. Disease. That's like a word a lot of people don't like to use because um, there's an element of choice to it. Well, it takes away the element of choice, I guess. Yeah, yeah. People think like, if I say, oh, that's my disease. Yeah. That I'm like lessening my responsibility in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm actually doing is taking full responsibility. I'm given a reason to things and everything needs a reason to be Mm. understood. So all my behavior in the past as a result of my drinking, my reason is I am an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. my reason isn't an excuse for me to hide behind that behaviour and say it was good and it was fine for me to behave like that but that's the reason I behaved like that yeah there is no excuse to my behaviour it was disgusting most of the time and that's how I view it these days but I could not ever forgive myself or move out of shame which was keeping me drinking mm. until someone sat me down and was like it's because you're an alcoholic that's mm. the reason I'm not giving you an excuse You've made enough of them. <laughs> yeah. Like, he is a solid reason. You have mm. an excuse. Like, there's no excuse. Yeah, it's a, sp- a spiritual sickness. Yeah. Is what AA refer to a lot. Like, it's a spiritual malady. Like, the remedy has to be spiritual as well. Yeah. I couldn't fill that hole that I've been pumping full of booze, relationships, drugs, alcohol, sex. You know, all these mm. other things that... Well, I was just consuming in my life so rapidly to try and build something or to feel something. The only thing that ever filled me, that hole, or has plugged that hole to the point where I'm sat here today, nine months sober, six months clean, is God. Mm. Like, is faith. AA, you know, they tell you about thinking, like, believing in something that's bigger than yourself and something that's more higher powerful power. than yourself. Yeah, yeah, the higher power talks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're told, like, you, you have to have a higher power. Should we look at the 12 steps? Alright, so the first step. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, we made a searching and fearless moral infantry of ourselves. Five, we admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 7. We humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 8. We made a list of all the persons we had harmed and become willing to make amends to them all. 9. We made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. We continued to take personal infantry of ourselves and when we were wrong promptly admitted it. 
11. We sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and practice these principles in all our affairs. And that can be applied to any kind Anything, of addiction. Any addiction. Like any anonymous-based program, you know, like NA, AA, GA, mm-hmm. PA, SA, they all follow that sort of basic mm-hmm. 12-step principle. Yeah. Is it is it just anything to do with addiction? Or can it be applied to... I think a lot of people would help implementing some of these in their lives. I mean, yeah. everyone's got an addiction. What if, like, say there's someone who's just fucking an angry person? Yeah. All right, let's just replace the word addict. In the first one, we admitted that we were powerless over our anger and our lives had become unmanageable. Yeah, there we go. Do you know what I mean? So you can put it into literally anything Anything you that, Anything with. that you... Yeah, that's what a lot of it then with. comes down to. It stops just being about fucking alcohol. Because mm. there comes a point when you, yeah, you stop drinking. I, I think stopping drinking for me was the easy bit. Mm. Fucking what's, what's staying stopped. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not picking up a fucking other drink. This is kind of when it was all new to me. And I said, oh, what, you'll never drink again? And you just say, you know, one day at a time. And that's all you can do, really. Yeah, I don't fucking know what will happen tomorrow. Yeah. Like, I have you just no got to fucking get through idea. Today. Yeah, I might drink tomorrow. I don't know. I don't fucking care. Yeah. I know I drank in the past. And I don't fucking think about it. But today, I wake up every morning. God, give me a sober day. That's what I say. God, grant me another sober day today. Turn my life over to your will, as you mm-hmm. would have it, not as I would have it. Mm-hmm. And then I go about my day. Yeah. I think doing that every day I haven't touched a drink for nine months mm. which is mad from where I was yeah I think we should um, wrap up with a quote from Dr. Gabor Mate which Let's is go. the first question I always ask is not why the addiction but why the pain what do you think about that as somebody who, with that's addiction that's big that's it yeah mm. that's it's what we should pain, be asking it's the yeah what, why it's the feeling why do you drink yeah why do you drink yeah. We know you drink, we get that. We can talk all day about fucking drinking. Yeah. But the real question is why are you fucking drinking? Why yeah. are you watching porn? Why are you playing so many video games? Yeah. Social media. Like what is the reason behind those actions? And if once you get to the bottom of that, it makes it a lot more digestible for you to understand and like make positive change and hopefully improve yourself for the better. Yeah. Well, like we're here for the foreseeable future. Get in touch with us through Instagram. Share your opinions with us on comment, like the podcast, share it. Yeah. And uh, let us know what you thought just in general. It'd be great to get some feedback from you guys. Um, and if there's anything that you th- would be interested in um, us speaking about, just let us know. We were, um, we've got a few ideas already going. All right. Well, uh, thanks very much, guys. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, have a good week and speak to you soon. Ciao. <laughs> Ciao. Thank you for coming all the way to the end of the episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure that you follow us on our socials, what's underscore the underscore Raz on Instagram and Twitter for any information about the podcast and the topics that we're discussing on here. Yeah, let us know what you thought of everything and we hope to speak to you next week. Peace.